Elizabeth Johnson was born Tuesday morning at 4.40 a.m. Oh, hi. <laughs> She's super, super healthy, came fast. We were only there for an hour and baby was here, so. <laughs> and uh, eight pounds, one ounce, 20 inches long. That's pretty normal. Awesome. Awesome. It's so good to have Ruth Allison Johnson singing this morning with us. Amen. Hallelujah. So that's the thing that we believe here is that seven-year-olds aren't the church of the future. They're the church right now with us. All the ages. The high school ages, junior high, senior high but the elementary ages, even Gwen Elizabeth Johnson, <laughs> just a few days old. But I um, wanted to mention, okay, I'll mention this. There's a meal today, and we want to welcome you to stay for that. Um, also, just a note, we as a church body um, sent, it was like a scholarship of $500 for a Venezuelan student to attend a leadership training school in Lima, Peru with Clark and Beth Barnard. We wanted you to know about that as well. And then uh, also Wednesday night starting on September 25, we're launching, I guess you could say launching back into having some ministries here on Wednesday night. And part of it is uh, with children's ministry. Part of it will be with youth ministries. And there will also be things available for adults as well. But we're going to, I just wanted to mention it this morning for prayer. It's kind of a work in progress as far as the time is concerned. But I was praying about yesterday morning and the word oasis came to me. And it's like in the middle of the week there, it's like, an oasis, a place of safety, a place where our, that, that we can come. And I think particularly of children and youth, but all of us, I guess, it would be open to. Where we can come, it's a safe place where we can fellowship and share with one another, uh, have mutual support, play together, there will be activities for playing together, but then eating together. We are thinking to have the cafe open. We're not sure exactly timing on that, but there'll be snacks. Um, one thing too, Linnea was contacting the schools, and then we know for sure Black Duck uh, drops kids off. If they desire to be, they'll be dropped off here after school, right after school on the bus. We used to do that too, I know. I'm not sure about Bemidji. That might be a possibility too, I guess. But um, so Peter and Linnea will be here like four o'clock, you know, so kids could start to come then already. And um, we're hoping to have things, you know, the kids can come when they can get here is kind of what we're looking at first. Like we said, it's kind of a work in progress and knowing exactly how it's going to go. But um, it's going to go good. It's of the Holy Spirit. 
it's for our kids, of course, but then we see it as kids in the community, too, that the Holy Spirit, His heart is on the folks that don't know the Lord yet, too, a lot. You know, something I saw this morning while they were, they were practicing, I saw that the angels were gathering and ready, and they were sent forth as we sang this morning. Kind of like to situations, maybe even to Turkey. I believe that. So, we're going to pray about this. Lord, let's lift it up together. These Wednesday nights we're talking about, we just lay them before you for all details and such. Lord, we thank you for that core group to begin with that you have for us for the elementary kids and then also the youth. Father, we just look to you and then also adults, maybe adults that can be helping with it, uh, even parents that want to be involved in some ways, Lord. We just bring it all to you, this oasis, this safe place in the midst of school. The, the school year, Lord. In Jesus' name, we commit it to you. And everyone in agreement said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I know some will be coming here in a few moments as they help bring their kids and they're coming back and stuff. But Carla was just mentioning to me as, uh, as uh, I'm not sure at what point it was, but with the... Uh, planting of that scripture in the ground there that she had a vision of a little green plant springing up just a little green plant springing up there and so we see that as that vision of what we see by faith Peter and our youth directors are going to share from the word now praise God everybody. Uh, hopefully you don't mind us uh, a little bit more of your time. I know we have football to get things like that today, right? But uh, yeah. Thank you. I'm just going to pray before we start here. Lord, I just thank you for this time. I just thank you for your truth, your word, your life to be spoken through us today. Lord, I just ask that you would just flow through us and say what you want to say and that everyone's heart would be open to hear what they need to hear today. In Jesus' name. So today we're going to talk about repentance. And I don't know about you, but sometimes when you hear that word, um, at least for me, I sometimes squirm a little bit or like I have a lot of things that come into my mind of like what that means. Um, and so I don't know exactly what you picture. Maybe you think of, okay, saying sorry, like getting right with God. Um, otherwise, sometimes you picture 
the guy on the street corner with the sign saying repent. And so a lot of these different things can kind of flood through your mind. And sometimes we just adapt certain concepts into our hearts that we don't truly know our truth or not. And sometimes we need to dissect those a little bit and realize that, okay, what we're actually believing about a certain concept might not be from God's word. Um, So first I'm going to talk a little bit about what repentance is not. And oftentimes it's things that we think it is. Um, So a lot of times we see the cycle. Like someone repents and then continues to sin. Someone repents, continues to sin. And it's just this endless cycle. Um, Sometimes there's even situations where there's a really unhealthy relationship and there's just continual... Um, someone's really treating that person poorly, but then they say sorry and they repent, and it could even be a very heartfelt repentance, but then just keep doing it again and keep doing it again. And at least for me, I've often wondered, like, why is this? Like, we have the spirit of the living God living in us. Why are these cycles? Why can't we break these cycles that just continue and continue? even when we feel like we're so heartfelt in our repentance. And then a few days later, we do the very same thing. Um, And we can thank the Lord for his grace, but I feel like there's some things that sometimes we're missing as far as what repentance actually is. Um, So repentance isn't just the acknowledgement of sin. Um, So we oftentimes relate it to sin, and so we see someone sinning and think, they need to repent. And it's not about establishing a different relationship with your sin. So a lot of times we think, oh, like we see the sin, and then we're like, oh, repent. But then do we really know what that means? And we oftentimes like I said, establish a relationship according to the sin instead of according to our relationship with God and who he's created us to be. So for example, we'll do something wrong and I'm so sorry, Lord. I can't believe I did that. I'm just so horrible. I need to not do that again. And Lord, just help me not to do that again. That sin is so bad. I can't believe I did that. And we bring so much focus to that thing we did that we don't realize the solution is actually focusing on what he did on the cross. Um, And so, let's take a look. So, like, for example, it's not about knowing your sin better or, oh, I know that that's sin. Well, I know that I just do that. I know that I'm just wrong at doing that. And sometimes we think of repentance as that realization of like, yep, I just know that that's wrong. And I'm sorry, Lord, but I'm probably going to do it again. (laughs) But I don't think that's the way God's calling us to live. Um, So don't define yourself by the sin but defining ourselves in relation to Christ. Admitting, um, 
Okay, so like admitting that sin isn't salvation, but acknowledging that your sin died on the cross with Christ and receiving his new life for you. So when we receive salvation, we receive the very fact that our sin died on the cross with Christ. And so what that means that that's dead to us. We have new life in Christ. So that true repentance is really about taking that moment to discover and realize that that sin is under our feet. That sin is below us and beneath us, and we can rise above in the victory that he has for us. Um, Another wrong view of repentance is oftentimes tied to regret. And so, for example, you may say sorry and receive forgiveness, but afterwards, any thoughts of that situation or that circumstance may cause regret or shame or um, just pain attached to that thought. And that's actually not true repentance either because you're still attaching yourself to the sin that you've committed. Guilt isn't of God. Guilt is a natural response to sin. So the longer that you stay in guilt, the longer you're just attaching yourself to that sin. And like, for example, even just yesterday, so we had this plan of just like spending time just really like in the word and planning with the Lord and just like all this stuff. And I, so like we started and we just watched some sermons and stuff like that. And then I think, I don't know, I think Peter took a nap or something like that. So that wasn't bad, but I just like, so I was like, oh, well, I could use this time to just really spend time in devotions and stuff like that. But instead, I spent some time watching YouTube videos and going on Facebook, and nothing against that, not a problem, but it was like this time waster that I was just like avoiding even just spending that special time with the Lord. And after I felt so guilty and I was so like, oh, and of course we're talking about repentance. So I was like, oh, oh my goodness. Like, I can't believe this. And so finally, like Peter, like, okay, well, we just need to come before the Lord. And so I was like, Lord, you know, I just give this to you. Like, this is who I am. This is who I called to be. And that's what I'm going to live in. But then I... Every time I thought about that time I had just wasted, I was like, oh, 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 I can't believe I did that. I can't, like, I was so mad at myself. And so then I realized, I was like, what am I doing? Like, that is exactly what we're talking about here, is, like, we a lot of times attach those feelings of anger, those feelings of pain, those feelings of hurt, And we don't, in that repentance, allow God to actually heal us from the sin. Sin really is, it hurts us. And so that's really why God wants us to repent, is because it's that healing, that comfort, that soothing, that oasis Steve was talking about, of just washing away all those things that were 
doing that are hurting us? And so it really was this realization for me that I was like, oh, like, I'm doing the very thing that I'm going to speak tomorrow that you shouldn't do. Like, and so, like, just coming to that point of, like, okay, well, I'm going to know who I am. This is who I am. And not focus on what I didn't do or the lack that I had, but kind of like I shared a little bit last week, but the abundance that Christ has when he comes into us. Um, so uh, another, another thing to mention with this is repentance is not a mere sorry for your actions. It isn't lowering yourself into the sin you've committed. Sometimes we think humility is lowering ourselves because of our sin or into the sin by drawing focus on the sin. I know that says sin a lot, but um, I'm going to say that again. Um, Sometimes we think humility is lowering ourselves because of our sin or into our sin by focusing on our sin. So I guess to kind of break that down is... Sometimes we think, like I mentioned earlier, we're like, oh, I feel so horrible. Like, and we're kind of coming into that sin, that very place of where that sin lies. We're kind of sinking in to the muck of that sin. Or sometimes we aren't necessarily sinking into it, but we're like, okay, I did this thing wrong, so I need to repent. But repentance is something that is so continuous, it actually doesn't always have to do with sin, believe it or not. Repentance is really this openness of your heart to receive from the Lord, to receive his truth, and to know who he is and who you are. And that's what we should be doing daily, regardless of whether we've deliberately sinned or not. And I know we don't always think that way. We always think, sin, repent, sin, repent. But if we want to live a lifestyle of not sinning, then we need to live a lifestyle of continuously walking in repentance towards the Lord, of that openness of heart towards him. Um, So again, with that humility, when Jesus speaks of humility, he speaks of it in regards with our relationship with other people, to serve and to lift them up. And so true humility, like I said, is that opening up in our hearts of surrender to receive from the Lord, not drawing yourself into an identity that you no longer have. So another way that we think of repentance is we've heard that it means to change direction or to change the way you think or change your mind. And that's true. Um, But oftentimes I've pictured it as this long road and you're walking on this road and repentance is to turn around and start walking the other way. And when it comes to our initial salvation, I feel like that is a good picture to think about. But when it comes to those daily things that we tend to struggle with, 
then in my mind, I'm, I think of in pictures a lot, and then I'm like, oh, well then I tend to be pacing back and forth, because then it seems like I mentioned before, oh, I repent, turn towards him, oh, I did something wrong, turned around, oh, I did, like, and you're just back and forth. And if you're like me, sometimes as a Christian, you feel like, I'm just not getting anywhere. I'm just going on a cycle, I'm just going back and forth, I'm just, I'm not just staying in it. And why is that? Why, how can I be just fully immersed in him? So kind of like I mentioned before, I really feel like it's that the sin in us is dead. That flesh is dead. And where is death? Where are dead bodies? In the ground. So it's under our feet. And we hear that, and you hear different songs saying, under our feet. But it's, it's true. That sin is under our feet, and that new creation is on us. So instead of it being like, turn around and keep turning back and turn around, it's really just that looking up, that receiving, that turning to the Holy Spirit that's within us, instead of looking down and trying to bury ourselves into the ground that we don't belong, because we're alive in Christ. And so, and I want to be clear here too, we, with repentance, we don't, we don't want to just be like, oh, I am a child of God, I'm not doing anything wrong, I'm not sinning, I'm, we don't, that's not what I'm talking about here. Really, that isn't even true humility either, because pride has no room in true repentance, and so that humility, like I talked about before, is that openness. That repentant heart is that continuously walking with the Lord, saying, you show me who I am. You show me who I am. And all those things that I'm not, they're dead to me, because they are dead. And you're just going to wash them off. You're going to take the grave clothes off. And I'm going to walk in that new life that you have for me. And um, so don't just be sorry. Know who you are. Take responsibility for the actions that weren't in line with who you are. Receive forgiveness, because it's always there. You don't earn your forgiveness when you have a good repentance moment. And walk in your identity in Christ. Anything that needs to be resolved or must be done, because sometimes there's messes to clean up. Sometimes you have to go apologize to someone. Sometimes you need to restore some things. But that should never be done out of guilt because then we're just giving power to that sin to continue. Just coming to someone and say, I'll probably do this again, but I'm sorry. Like, maybe there is a chance you'll do it again. But guess what? The grace of God is in that repentance. And so when you can say, this is who I am, and I was not behaving in a way that aligned with who I was, so I place my heart before you asking for that forgiveness and wanting to reconnect. In being sorry, yes, 
because I love you and I know that I am called to hire things. And so that perspective change, you know, it's not that you just don't apologize or you don't tell people you're sorry, but you have that heart of, this isn't defeating me. This is something that I'm going to be victorious in. And so just to kind of recap some of that, repentance is realigning your focus to take it off your sin and off of yourself and focus on who God is and who he has called you to be. And in that regard, repentance should be continuous. And um, when we tend to attach repentance to sin, um, we're basically giving sin the power that Jesus died to take away. And if we are to reflect who Jesus is, then shouldn't our, our repentance also be a reflection of him? And I think Peter's going to talk a little bit about, about that, how that is a reflection of him. All right. So... As I was uh, kind of studying this topic a little bit, me and Naya were sort of just talking it over, and she was sort of having some of these revelations. I sort of, um, what I like to do is I like to dig into the word, right? I kind of like to look through it, and I, I sort of ran across something some, sort of interesting that I think um, helps maybe build a picture of what Naya is talking about here. Um, uh, and I'll, I'll say this as sort of a, a caveat maybe that uh, I could probably do more study into this topic uh, I don't pretend to know everything about this. This is something that I think uh, people have been debating about for, this is one of those sort of weird things in the Bible that people have been talking about for centuries, right? So I don't pretend to offer maybe all the answers here today, but maybe this is a perspective that might help us to deal with certain verses in the Bible. So get right into it. Uh, so in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, I noticed um, there are several, several instances where God himself is surprisingly quoted as saying he repents of his actions or his words. Um, and for this, we might turn to things like uh, Noah and the flood, right? He repented of making mankind. Um, Sodom and Gomorrah, right? God allows Abraham to try to convince him not to destroy the city, right? Try to convince him not to, uh, to repent of a future action he's told Abraham that he's going to do. Um, we might think of um, another interesting one I found was in 1 Samuel 15. Two seemingly contradictory verses, uh, one in which uh, first we hear that God repents of, repents of placing Saul as king over Israel. He says, God, oh, Saul is no longer following me. I repent of making him king. But then just a few uh, verses later. That's the antenna. All right. Um, so in 1 Samuel 15, there are two uh, contradictory verses, one in which God says he repents of making Saul king, and then a few verses later, um, he states that God is not like um, uh, the writer of Samuel, right, uh, saying, it says something along the lines of um, that God is not like humans and doesn't repent of any of his actions. And I found that very interesting. So on first inspection, this might seem a little bit confusing, right? Obviously, our God is the same today, uh, yesterday, and forever, right? Um, he is not one that he can just be convinced simply by humanity to do something different than what he plans to do, right? His plans are solid. His plans are something that we can depend upon. Um, 
So looking into this a little bit, what seems like a tension, I think, actually works to the benefit of maybe illustrating uh, what Nea was talking about. So something, uh, so some of, the, some of the things I found here were that in the Hebrew, uh, there appears to be not just one single word that cl- uh, that just clearly um, is a one-to-one ratio with what we have as the word, you know, repentance, right? If you look it up, what, repentance in the dictionary, you find one word, and it'll be synonymous with things like regret and sorrow. Um, but in the Hebrew, uh, it's not quite the same, I found. Uh, and the example from First uh, from First Samuel 15, in which we have those two seemingly contradictory verses, um, actually demonstrates this quite well, as we find that these two verses, although they're both translated as saying God repented of something, actually use two slightly different words with slightly different connotations. Um, so, uh, in the first verse, or which one am I starting with here? Uh, in the second verse, where, where, God, where it's being said of God that he does not change his mind, he does not repent, um, it's using a form of the word uh, that denotes the way that we, as humans, may change on, on a dime. We are, in a sense, fickle in the way we think and the way we act, um, that these things that, um, that maybe we're base, basing our, our behavior, you know, things on behavior, um, our personalities, right, they just sort of change over time based on our situation. Um, this is obviously not the way God is. So that verse is reflecting that and saying that God does not repent of what he does. It's saying that he does not change, that he, all his decisions are made out of who he is and who he always will be, right? Now, the one in the first verse, though, is, of course, a little more troubling, right? He repented of his action. That seems to sort of um, infer that there was something he did in the past that was a little less than perfect. He did something, and then later on he's like, ooh, scratch that, I should have done something different there. Uh, that doesn't seem to quite um, compute, right? Um, so something interesting I found is that this word seems to be closely related and at times interchangeable with a word that is also translated as comfort. Um, and maybe this doesn't quite all, this, that doesn't quite smooth it over, but in order to maybe kind of get a hold of this, I think a good illustration of this idea of comfort being wrapped in with the word repentance um, is to look at the story of the flood, uh, which I mentioned earlier, right, where God says he repented, right, and, we, and, in the, and in that verse where it says God repented of making mankind, they're using the same Hebrew word that he, they use when he says that he repented of making Saul king. Um, so first, I'd like to just turn to, I guess, Genesis 5.29. Uh, it's just a quick verse in which it's part of the genealogies. It's something that might be easy to skip over. Um, but I think it's notable here in which it says that Noah's father named him Noah uh, because he will comfort us in the labor and painful toil of our hands caused by the ground the Lord has cursed. Now, this gets more interesting, I think. Hebrew scholars say that Noah's name is actually closely related to the words I was talking about earlier, words that are translated as repentance. Noah's name um, is very closely related to those words. But here we see them also being translated by his father as being a comfort, and comfort particularly in relation to the sinful state of the world. Um, So follow this with me. So the story of the flood, right? No, uh, God looks on the darkness, the sin of, you, the sin of humanity, uh, and he says he repents of that creation. But he doesn't cause it to be uncreated, does he? Um, we would think that if we were repenting of our actions, we would say, if I could, I would just undo it all, right? I would make it so it was 
not like it was as if it had never happened, right? That's often what we mean by repentance. But that's not what God does in the story, does it? Does he, he doesn't snap his finger and, and fingers and cause all of creation to just disappear. He causes it to change, right? He reaches out his hand and he changes it. He doesn't destroy it. Um, find where I'm at here. Um, and we might ask why. Why doesn't he just uncreate it if he was really repenting the way we might say repent? And it's because, of course, that God, our God is fundamentally good. He does no evil. He's not fickle, and he doesn't just change on a whim. He doesn't regret, perhaps, his past actions. And instead of total destruction, what are we given instead, right? We have the one family on earth who claimed relationship with God, a family whose name is wrapped up in the repentance and comfort, and they're made safe, right? So I think our picture here is somewhat interesting is we have the washing waves, right? We have the, the sea, the turmoil, the torment, the things that we might regularly associate with repentance, right? Where we might think of repentance in terms of punishment. Um, but I think we, we miss the other half, right? The other half, which is the relationship. What is saved, what is maintained is who he is. It's the people on top, right? That's really the point of the story, isn't it? It's not that everybody was washed away. It's that... The, what represents really humanity to us, the relationship between us and God is here, is saved, is made whole, right? Uh, so here's my point. Uh, God does not regret, but he comforts. He establishes relationship. He makes his identity known. Um, when we read the story of the flood, we often get a picture of his punishment as a result of his regret. Um, but I no longer believe this to be the case. Um, the whole thing, from the birth of Noah, where he's called to be a comfort, uh, right, in relation to the sin of the world, but something that we might say, oh, it's just repentance, right, it's just regret. No, it's more than that. Um, the whole thing, from Noah to the rainbow at the end, that is the process of repentance. Repentance is more than just that moment of saying, here's me and here's my sin, I acknowledge that I have sin, like Naya was saying. It's the, the whole process, right, it's the reestablishment of our relationship with God. Um, this, the flood story, it symbolizes what he will do with Christ so many years later, right? He wipes away our failure, our hurt, hatred, that, self, uh, that self-defeatism that we have, the doubt and self-loathing, that loneliness, that abuse and fear and anxiety, all those things that are dark and evil that he wanted to remove from humanity, right, and make his kingdom like what we have here, um, or make what we have here like his kingdom. Um, and it's all washed away right. And what is maintained is his relationship with us. Uh, he, makes a new, he makes a new world right. It's washed clean, a new world, a new man that can grow and it can prosper. Um, and thus then we have that beautiful rainbow at the end. And I don't think that's just a consolation prize. It's not, oh, sorry for killing y'all. Um, I think it's something more. It's, it's that promise, right? It's that covenant promise of newness, remaking, establishing a relationship with us throughout all time, right? He makes us who we were meant to be, ready for growth, ready for renewal. Do you have anything else to add? Got to check. Got to make sure sometimes Naya has something more to add. All right. So I think I'm going to pray over us. Why don't we all stand? Get the blood flowing a little bit. All right. Father, we thank you that it is both your rod and your staff that comfort us. We thank you that it is a burden that is light, 
that is your yoke that is easy. We thank you that your ways are higher than our ways and that whatever it is that we've thought of as repentance, maybe it is, maybe it was taught, it was bored into us that we had to look at our saw, we had to look at our sin and feel really bad about it. We had to go through a process of, of mourning and regret um, that we had to be distant from God for a certain amount of time before we could come back to him and say, I've paid my dues for the things I've done or the ways I've thought or the things I've said. Um, but Jesus, we say, we look at the things that we're talking about today and we just release us from that need to um, die ourselves on the cross that you died on, Jesus. You have taken that sin. You have taken that burden and you have offered your hand. The gospel says that you... Um, have saved us so that we can have relationship with you. We can sit at your table and be removed and have a victory over those things that we can move forward, Jesus. Um, so whatever it is in our lives today that maybe hampers us and hinders us, we pray that we would keep our eyes on you this morning, that we would lift our heads up, no longer be borne down by the weight of defeatism or sorrow or sadness or fear or whatever it is, Jesus. Um, that you alone would bear us up, would make us whole, that we would see ourselves as who you have made us to be, Jesus. In your name, amen. 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 Praise God. You know, it says in Acts 3.19, it says repent, and then it talks about refreshing coming. And... Uh, we want to live that lifestyle of humility before the Lord, submitted to Him, yielded to Him, our whole life, every day, every moment. Not this big build-up like a dam where all this stuff is building up about a certain sin or, or whatever it might be, and then all of a sudden we got to have this big push. but just a regular daily, just a flow and the refreshing, 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 refreshing. I so like that emphasis, having the focus on Jesus and what he's done instead of on the sin, because that's, we get myopic. We get focused too much here on ourselves. And we get focused on ourselves. Jesus is the answer, not me. <laughs> He's the answer for this in this life. Hallelujah. Thank you. There's a lot of good food to chew on there. I'm going to listen to that again. I need to chew on it. I see you got some good notes there. We'll have to put them online too. And you wouldn't believe how big the print is on here. <laughs> These guys are a little younger than I am, I can tell. <laughs> How did you do that? Uh, we had issues with the printer. <laughs> well, my printer, it prints out letters that are about that big. <laughs> I got issues with mine too, but I like the issues mine has. <laughs> it's good for. I was printing out something for Joyce for the retreat coming up, the ladies' retreat. <laughs> And she wanted to get a bunch of stuff on the page, and, and it's like these big letters, like that tall, but it impresses you when you read it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We go forth into the fields. 
in Jesus' name, and we want to be free from that heaviness, that burden, because you bore it for us. You bore it for us. Amen? Hallelujah. So, remember, remember we have a meal today. Stay in fellowship, and we'll do all that. Praise God. And if you like ministry prayer, just come forward here. There'll be people to pray with you up here.